the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer, San Diego. Well, welcome, Ed Martin here. It's the Pro-America Report. Thank you for watching uh, on uh, Facebook, uh, excuse me, on uh, Periscope. A lot of folks are tuning in there. And there's a lot to talk about. I mentioned, uh, we, you know, now on Periscope, for our radio listeners at TheAnswerSanDiego.com, uh, we have folks that are tuning in and they are asking us to make sure to keep prayer intentions alive. So we want to encourage folks, if you have communities of faith, uh, today we prayed for our pastors. A lot of pastors who have had to adjust their lives and their work because of the coronavirus, it's a big deal. But now, what do you need to know today? What do you need to know today? I, you know, I, I thought, well, it's a week from now, almost a week from now, am I going to do this too early? But I decided to do it anyway. Do you know who Kate Blanchett is? Kate Blanchett is a movie star, and she's been a star for 20 years. And like most of the people who are uh, stars in Hollywood, they rarely are stars kind of um, in their late 20s. They start out, it seems like, as kids. And Kate Blanchett's been a star. She's probably only 45 years old. She's been a star for 25 or 30 years. She started out as a kid, as, as an actress. And she is going to star in what appears to be a $50 million production of a, of a mini series that's been that's been done by FX called Mrs. America. Now, Mrs. America, you may started to see, you may have been seeing some of the trailers, if you, especially if you're watching on uh, on uh, um, uh, Hulu or on some of the streaming services they seem to be advertising. Mrs. America is a nine-hour mini series about Phyllis Schlafly, my old boss, and the movement of conservatives who stopped all the powers that be that sought to put the Equal Rights Amendment in the Constitution. Now, the Equal Rights Amendment, notwithstanding its name, the number one thing it would do is change our Constitution to, to put in there, number one in my opinion, uh, a protection for abortion and taxpayer funding for abortion. That's the number one thing that would be included if you do the ERA. But put that aside, it was a feminist. You can see in this miniseries now, it's been released. The miniseries has been re released for previews. And so we've now seen... All nine episodes are described online and all of the Hollywood outlets, Variety, Hollywood Reporter, uh, the Daily Mail, actually it's not a Hollywood outfit, but they all have had copies of this to review. And so they're reviewing it and they're telling us what the details are. And they're, of course, lying about Phyllis Schlafly and her family, lying about her background. They're making her into a, someone who's cold. They try to make her look like she's cold. She was anything but cold. But here's what you need to know about the real Mrs. America, Phyllis Schlafly. She had it all, as she used to say, just not all at once. She was a, uh, you know, worked her way through college and got into Harvard and went and did a master's degree. She had real good jobs. She got married to a husband that she loved, had six kids, ended up with 17 grandkids. She wrote books. She did uh, TV shows. She did radio. She was a uh, speaker on military issues. Never served in the military, but she became a very well-versed on military issues. She spoke around the world. She spoke on more college campuses at, by the time she died than we think anyone else in American history. Literally hundreds and hundreds of schools. But what she cared most about was the Constitution, in terms of her public speaking, the Constitution and what made America great. 
the Judeo-Christian values, the Constitution, what we the people did. And so the real Mrs. America is the greatest success story of women, and she should be lionized by the women's movement. Instead, she's attacked by the feminists. And they're spending $50 million to try to make her look... I don't know what they're going to do. They, it looks like they're going to make her, make her seem unhappy and uncertain and all these things. Nothing that, was, nothing that I ever saw in my time working with her, knowing her for 25 years and working with her for the last five or six years of her life. And so here's, here's what you really need to know. The things they hate about Phyllis Schlafly, they obviously don't hate a woman who's talented. That was her. They don't hate women who succeed in school. That was her. They don't hate women who succeed in media or politics or books or whatever. She did all of that. Phil Donahue, the star of the Phil Donahue show, was a regional uh, kind of local TV host in Dayton, Ohio, when he started booking Phyllis Schlafly in the 70s. And he set up this great conflict between the more conservatives and the women liberals. And he rode that theme. It was his theme. He was a talented guy to national stardom. But Phyllis Schlafly was on his show 60 plus times. The fact is that the real Mrs. America, the thing that the left hates, is the person who keeps the values, as Phyllis always wrote, if you look on my wall or the wall of a lot of great uh, uh, people who are, are really blessed to have been awarded a, a Phyllis Schlafly Eagle Award, it says, for your dedicated work uh, to God, family, and country. In that order, she's very careful with words. So that what they hate about Phyllis Schlafly, they hate about the real Mrs. America. They hate that she wins. She always won. She always won. She was never wrong. And what I mean by that, it didn't mean her side always won. It meant that she was secure in what she believed and what she was about. And she was secure in the knowledge that the things that make America so special are the things that she recognized in the Constitution, in our Judeo-Christian founding, and in our, the way that we, we the people live together. But what they hate the most is that Phyllis Schlafly was the first and really the greatest conservative to recognize that Donald Trump could lead America. She backed Trump Soon after he went down the escalator in uh, New York City at the Trump Tower, Phyllis Schlafly started writing columns, and she said how he talks about China, how he understands illegal immigration, how he sees the media, what he knows about what's going on, his skill in communicating. She wrote over and over and over again. In fact, if you go to our website, phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see on there a book. It's called Phyllis Schlafly Speaks. It's just her writings on Trump in that period. All told, I think she wrote over 60 times, whether it was columns or uh, commentaries. She did three-minute radio commentaries, letters. You'll see that all compiled in a, in a volume on Donald Trump. So what they hated at, the, at, at Mrs. America in this FX series, they hate that she knew Trump, too. I mean, look, they hated lots of things. They, they of course, don't like her pro-life advocacy. She, towards the end of her life, she would often say that one of her greatest achievements was getting the Republican Party in the 80s and 90s to resist the worldwide movement to put abortion into the platforms of major parties. And she kept the pro-life platform in the, the plank in the platform of the Republican Party. It stayed there today. It is there still today. Most of the world has given in to the idea that we should all be for abortion. And she said no. And so they hate that about her, too. But at the end of it all, in one of the reviews, which we put up on social media, you can go see them. We put up these reviews one after another. They have to concede that the real Mrs. America, Phyllis Schlafly, was smart. She was talented. She had vision forward. What they really hate about her, in my opinion, is that she was successful, meaning she was well-adjusted. She knew her place. She knew the place in the world and the Lord, how she fit in. They hated that. She didn't need them for validation. She didn't need them to make her feel like she was big or important. She didn't need any of that. 
It's a huge lesson. When you watch this, it comes out next Wednesday, and I, I recommend you get a Hulu uh, a membership. There's a free 30-day trial. I'm going to get it for 30 days on Tuesday so I can watch all of Mrs. America, and then I can shut it down. I don't want to pay them for this, this junk. But if you watch this, I want you to watch it, or if you see the clips or you start to read about it, think to yourself, what is it that they object to when they see a very successful, talented woman Who's, who is making her way, what is it they object to? Think about it. Because what you need to know is Hollywood hates women who are different than what they want more than they love the idea of being good to men or women. They're the ones that have no room for diversity, no room for, uh, for allowing people to succeed or fail on what, who, what they're about. It's extraordinary. Also, listen, please go, and I know I've talked about it on the radio show a number of times, but please go to realmrsamerica.com, realmrsamerica.com. We've been fact-checking the trailers. They're making things up, and of course, it's Hollywood, and for a long time now, Hollywood has forgotten. You know, in the old days, Hollywood would do something like Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane was a movie, and it was all about uh, William Hurst. But it didn't say William Hurst. They called him Citizen Kane, and they used the cover of the idea of a fictional thing. Now Hollywood doesn't care. They just lie about public figures to try to slur them into the history books. So, you know, a few years ago they had one on Cheney, Dick Cheney. They just make stuff up. Uh, and, and, and with this one, they're making stuff up. They have fictitious friends that they've created. But go to realmrsamerica.com. That's our website where we've set up. We have pictures of Phyllis, descriptions of Phyllis, uh, accurate uh, uh, um, kind of uh, relationships, her friends, uh, everybody from Ralph Reed to Morton Blackwell to uh, congressmen and senators are saying, hey, we knew Phyllis. And they've got that there. There's pictures, there's videos. We've broken down the trailers uh, and the episodes of Mrs. America to show you where they're lying and how they're faking. It's fake news. It's fake Hollywood. And it's terrible. On the other hand, take a look and listen and listen closely. And just notice to yourself, they hate most is that Phyllis Schlafly, the real Miss America, she wins. And what you need to know is don't worry about what they think of you. Don't worry about what they say. We have a job to do. We have work to do. We have to succeed for the causes, for the country. And as Phyllis said, uh, we have to work for God, family, and country in that order. All right, we'll take a break on the radio show. We'll be right back on the Pro-America Report. It's Ed Martin. Be right back. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. It's time to talk with John Schlafly. John Schlafly is one half of the dynamic duo, the brothers Andy and John Schlafly. They do the Schlafly Report, a weekly column. So it's often over on townhall.com and then found at phyllisschlafly.com. Uh, you can always get it archived there. Welcome back, John. How are you? I'm great, Ed. How are you today? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Are you, uh, are you sheltering in place? Are you obeying yeah. all the rules of Illinois uh, on... Uh, maintaining social distance. What, what's your what's your status there in Illinois? I'm maintaining social distance. Uh, I'm taking <laughs> the minimum minimum steps necessary to keep our you know our employees paid, our business going. Uh, even yeah. when you're a non-essential business, you there's still some things you can do. So that's what I'm doing, Ed. Well, I know that you have uh, no children of your own, but you have, I think, is it 17 or 18 uh, uh, nieces and nephews? So you're still able to keep social distance from all those uh, people? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, sure. But uh, I <laughs> also have a, a, a small business with employees, and I've got to worry about yeah. them, too. And some of them are sort of like children sometimes, I have to say. Ed. <laughs> I all right. Them, all right. It's not... 
It's not a therapy session, John. All right, John Schlafly, this week you decided it was a good time uh, to attack a 79-year-old American physician, uh, Tony Fauci, a graduate, proud graduate of the College of the Holy Cross, an amazing school that graduates wonderful people, Clarence Thomas, uh, Chris Matthews, Reverend Paul Scalia, myself. Uh, But what did Dr. Fauci do to you, and why would you attack him in your column? Well, you know, it... Admittedly, I knew that some people might take, you know, might uh, take offense at that. But I think with one day later, from what I'm hearing, more and more Americans are open to what we, my brother and I, wrote uh, a couple days ago. Dr. Fauci, to be blunt about it, Ed, he has to go. He's the wrong Mm -hmm. person for this time. Maybe he was good a month ago. You know, I'll give him that. But at this time, his, I think his advice has become counterproductive to the president and you know we didn't elect dr fauci and when dr fauci said a few days ago that as far as he's concerned the country should stay shut down until we have a a vaccine which is not going to happen uh in a year or year and a half i mean that was a signal that we cannot rely on his advice anymore because uh, keeping the country shut down is worse than the than the uh, disease, and the president. Well, and John, let me let me ask you this about uh, be worse than the disease. Yeah, but I think you said something important about this because I think uh, you know if I can in, in your column, we're talking with John Schlafly, and his column is uh, uh, over at phyllisschlafly dot com. The title is. Uh, is uh, deadly delay by Dr. Fauci, and then uh, goes through and and but John, I think it's uh, in there. You refer to McClellan, uh, you know that General McClellan, uh, President Lincoln had him removed by by all accounts. He was supposed to be one of the smartest generals, not, but he just wasn't the right man at the right time. Um, and you go on to talk about the different things. I do think let's say it this way. Let's be generous. Early in this in this uh, battle. Fauci and Burks, the two doctors, had a role, right? They were sort of a, they gave a signal that the president was taking it seriously and not uh, being, you know, not relying on just political types or whatever, 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 however you want to, it, it was a signal. It was part of the, the show that gave us confidence. And I think that was effective, actually. But I think I'm with you. At this point, we know now that this has been a bad bug. It's bad. It's sickening. It, it makes people sick and kills some people. But we have to get on with our lives. And we need a new set of people, maybe. And, and I think that's the way to say it, right? We need to turn to the Mnuchins of the world and others that say, hey, this is how we're going to go forward. And I think that's, the, that's what you're driving at, right? Yes, that, I think that's a good, a good way to put it. And uh, although Mnuchin, you know, since you mentioned his name, you know, he promised a week ago that small business would have the yeah. HHS protection. And it's a week later, and we don't have it, Ed. And uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I didn't. As soon as I said it, I wondered if I'd said I agree with you. He, he I don't I don't maybe he wasn't the right guy, but I I certainly don't want to say, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kushner or something. But I mean, the point here is there was a signal sent and the message was, hey, we got to take the medicine side of this seriously. We got to get ahead of the problem. We got to be afraid for the fact that if we're not serious, we could have we could have what and I'd say it like this. 
it's 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 not American to have run out of supplies and had people die because we couldn't get ventilators. And I think we beat that, right? So and that was good. We right. did that by being scared enough and having professionals like Fauci and, and Burke scare us. The point is, oh, here's a good one. Stephen Moore, our old friend, the economist, is writing prolifically on the fact that, yeah, okay, we did what we had to do, held ourselves, but now we've got to unleash the economy and we've got to get further out. And, you know, if Fauci was good for the first part of this, you know, the voice of Stephen Moore and others is, I think, more important for the second part. Yes, although even for the first part, Dr. Fauci, day after day, was standing up there next to the president and, in effect, contradicting the president about the value of hydroxychloroquine. And that was, that was very bad, uh, that Dr. Fauci bad-mouthed that drug day after day. And, uh, because, and, and he was wrong about that. The hydroxychloroquine, even though it hasn't gone through clinical trials, it is a very safe drug, and it should be used, and it should be widely used. It should be, used being, should be given to not just a few thousand people who are already in the hospital being very sick. It should be given to millions of Americans and should be available in every drugstore. And it is not available primarily because of Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, and others like them who have restricted the supply of that drug, which only costs $20. So, right. Okay, well, I, I just am trying to, in this, in, this, in this Easter season, I'm trying to remove some of the hate uh, for uh, others. And so I, 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 well, let me, so let me shift this. John Schlafly, going forward, how do you think we can, um, we can sort of restart this? It's not going to be everybody go back to work, right? I mean, how do you think we can uh, think about it? What, is there, do you have, have you had much thought? I used to love when your late mother used to, she used to like to say, you know, she'd write a whole book and describe the problem, and then the last chapter would be, okay, what are we going to do about it? So what are we going to do about this now, John? Well, as as the... Uh... The president said last night at his daily uh, briefing, which, of course, is if there was ever must-see TV, that's it. <laughs> it's uh, true. It's true. Uh, he said maybe we'll have a rolling, a rolling process to reopen the country on a rolling basis. You know, there were some parts of the country that never did close, like, like South Dakota. <laughs> right. And there are places yeah. like that. In fact, the, the Wall Street Journal had an article saying that you know, in South Dakota, people basically have always practiced social distancing. That's part of the culture out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, pretty funny. You know, yeah. it's, you know, there's an awful lot to this country that's not, uh, you know, New York City. And we should not, the nation should not be treated in the same way that uh, the densely populated cities are. So... It- John, do you do you have a sense? And I know your background is that besides being a lawyer, you did, you did some advanced study on and taxes, and 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 so you know e- economics is not uh, off your out of your realm of some expertise. How do you think the economy restarts? I mean, you know, I I, I do think it's it's hard to picture. Um, uh, it, you know, it's not going to restart like and go back to going 100 miles an hour. I mean, how do how do you think it plays out? Um. Well, the businesses, the, the areas of the economy which are hardest hit, which is probably 10 to 20 percent of the economy, are anything involved with, with meetings, with uh, gatherings, uh, with uh, yeah. restaurants, with uh, conventions, right. uh, with travel, air travel. And, um, you know, the trouble is, 
even if the president were to say, okay, it's everyone go back to work, people are not going to do it because they'll be afraid to get on a plane. They'll be afraid to uh, go and and mingle with yeah. tens or hundreds or thousands of people. So it's going to be a slow process. Uh, are people going to go on summer vacation? Uh, maybe not. I don't know. And the airlines, yeah, I think that's uh, predicting. I, I think that that's could be down uh, by ninety percent on airline travel. Yeah, for the throughout the. I summer. think that's. The- yeah, I think that's the problem. I, I think you're right. When you start to say, like, I'm picturing a, in, in where we live, I'm picturing a few of the places where people go to eat that are modestly priced, you know, not particularly, not McDonald's, fast food, but not uh, not expensive. And, you know, there are places where you'd have 80 people and 100 people in a room, and I, I don't think people are going na- to want to be there, right? I mean, initially, it's going to take a long time. So uh, I think that's the bigger challenge is the vision of that. Uh, John, what's your sense of the uh, of the election, uh, how it plays out for the election? Do you have any feeling now? It's Joe Biden versus Trump now. Um, do you have any sense of what the where this is shaken out for the election? Uh, I think it's too soon to tell uh, on that. We're in uncharted waters. Um, uh, I think the the country is with Trump now, but uh, we it's just we just don't know how people will feel about this whole issue a few months from now. Um, so I, I'm sorry, Ed, I can't, I can't promise you anything about the election in November. But since you mentioned the election, Ed, we've, we've got to be on guard against the effort by the Democrats to, ba- to change the rules of the election, to use the virus as an excuse to basically shut down in-person voting at the polling place. And we can't let that happen. Five states have mail voting. Okay, that I don't like that, but it's confined to those states. But the Democrats are going to try to roll that out nationwide, and that would be utterly that would be a catastrophe for the future of our country if people cannot go to the polling place to vote, and if our representatives cannot meet in their state houses and in the Congress to deliberate and do the public's business. It's just so necessary that uh, that representatives meet in person and that voters go to the polling place in person show their id and cast their ballot that you know we can't let we can't let that slip away yet so everyone should keep on guard about that yep i think that's good i'm glad you added that in thank you john all right john have a happy easter Uh, i hope the easter bunny is uh, good to you and we'll talk again next week Uh, i gotta take a quick break it's ed martin here on the pro america report we'll be back in a minute be right back Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Now, an old friend of mine, a man I met years ago, one of the times I remember it well, Dr. Hotsey, is when we were at uh, the late Phyllis Schlafly's funeral, actually, in those days after she passed away. Donald Trump came to town. And Dr. Hotsey is uh, the founder and CEO of the Hotsey Health and Wellness Center down in Houston. You probably, I've had him on my show in the past. He's also a good pro-life fighter, a good conservative fighter, just a guy who doesn't mind a little fight. And uh, he has been out there, by the way, at Hotze Health is on uh, Twitter, H-O-T-Z-E Health on Twitter. And he has an opinion on what's happening as a doctor as well as a businessman. Uh, so first of all, welcome, Dr. Hotze. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm doing great. Greetings to you from the great state of Texas and Houston. 
Yeah, great to have you on. So before we get into some of what you think is is happening here, can I just ask you as a general, and I think I know where you'll go, but I also know your background as somebody who's who is looking out for people and their wellness and health and therefore willing to think a little differently. I find it hard to understand how the media, I think I know why, but the media and others are not picking up on the fact that if you are in a situation where something's wrong, you would try hydroxychloroquine if it might work. As long as it doesn't hurt you, it's kind of like this thing like, don't tell me in 18 months it might have side effects or when it could save people's lives now. I, I don't even want to talk about the details of it yet, but what's the mindset that we trust, I don't know, some somebody, the FDA or something, above our common sense? I mean, well, am I oversimplifying? Yeah, but I, no, I don't think you are at all. The FDA is in the pocket of Big Pharma. Everybody knows that. Anybody in the know knows that. And so is the CDC. These are all, they all have their ties to Big Pharma. And Big Pharma, hydrochloroquine is a cheap, inexpensive drug. So they're, they got no interest in, they're not making any money doing that. What they're interested in, this whole thing, the, the coronavirus uh, scare is all about control, power, and money. You know, the companies that are doing the testing or who make billions of dollars off the testing or want to test everybody in the country. And then they're going to have a mandated vaccine, sir, uh, uh, worldwide. Yeah. You can see this coming. So that's that's a, yeah. that's a problem. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what you can do and what your listening audience can do. And you don't hear this from any of these government employed public health officials like Fauci and the rest of them, Burke. All these Fauci has been in the government for 52 years. He went to med school at Cornell, graduated in 66. Two years later, he's working for the NIH, National Institute of Health. Been there ever since. Never had a practice. Right. Has no clinical experience whatsoever. I've seen in my practice, I graduated in 76. In my centers, I've seen over 40,000 patients with my providers. And our goal has been at the Hotel Health and Wellness Center, we have two goals. One, strengthen your immune system. You never hear that anywhere. And increase your energy right. level. So we yep. do that naturally. And so let me tell you how, you how you can do that. You can't you can't depend upon the doctor. You can't depend upon the insurance companies, your employer, your spouse, your politicians to inc- improve your health. And you and you alone and everyone in your listening audience and myself included, we're in charge of our own health. We can determine if we're going to be healthy or live healthy lifestyles or not. Now, one thing you can do is change your eating habits. That's cheap, inexpensive. Cut out the simple carbs and all the sugars that depress the immune system that cause inflammation, particularly now during the flu season and the coronavirus. Eat healthy. Eat your vegetables like your mama told you, and a little bit of meat, you'll be fine. <laughs> the second right. thing you need to do, listen now, listen up, get a pen out, everybody. It's not You ought to be able to memorize it. A, B, C, D, Z. That's Dr. Hotsey's immune program. A, B, C, D, Z. What does that mean? High doses of vitamin A, have a good B complex, high doses of vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc. Yes, and take a probiotic. If you do that, you can build up your immune system so it's healthy. Now, we do that at our center with all our guests, and we've been doing that for decades. You know, we've strengthened the immune system. So last time I remember having any fever or cold was 1998. I had a flu for a day and a half. That was it. Huh. So wow. uh, look, I've been look, I've been in. I, I did emergency medicine. I've been around sick people all my life. I've never worried about it. I don't get sick. Why don't I get sick? Because I have a healthy immune system. And you may not know it. Your listeners don't know it. But you are every day since the day you were born exposed to trillions with a T 
of bacteria and viruses that are all over you, in your body, on the walls of your house, everywhere you are on people's bodies. You, why aren't you dead? Because you have an immune system God's given you. And if you take care of your health, your immune system will be healthy and fight off these various viruses and bacteria. And they will, you, you will, they'll live with you in a symbiotic relationship. So you may not know it, but at 200 pounds, you got four to five pounds of bacteria, healthy bacteria, commensal bacteria that lives in your colon. You've got trillions of bacteria and trillions of viruses that live in your body and on your body. You're not dead. Right. Why? Because because you've got a healthy <laughs> immune system. That's what you need to have. So that if, at, if, you, if you leave with one thing, listen to this program, take charge yeah. of your health, build up your immune system. All right. Now, uh, Hotze Health and Wellness Center, by the way, just people can learn all about it. Go to Hotze, H-O-T-Z-E, H-W-C.com. You can check it out. I'll put it up right. on social media. But, but right. Doc, what, what about... Go ahead. Let me go mention ahead. one other thing. Go, go, go to Hotze Vitamins. Hotze, H-O-T-Z-E okay. Vitamins. And there, guess what I created three weeks ago? Because this is my 55th radio program. I've been all over the country. And guess what? People call up. What do we need to take? I said, create a Dr. Hotze's immune pack. I've got an immune pack with A, B, C, D, Z, and probiotics. So if you want to, you can right. go online, Hotze Vitamins, and order it that way. Or see what we have and see if you can get it in your area. That's fine with me. Get on a good vitamin program and a good healthy eating program. Sleep well and exercise, and you'll do fine. Yeah. All right. Now, let me ask you about the uh, we're talking with Dr. Hotze and uh, Dr. Steve Hotze. And um, what is what's your sense of the 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 dynamic now where the president and others and there's people dying, as you say, it's not it's not, you know, people do die. That's right. But um, and we're all locking down. I mean, you, you're, I can tell already you're going to say we took the wrong approach. But wh- where we are now, what do we do? Here's what you do. You do, instead of having all-out war with all the collateral damage, so we're going to have a few thousand people, maybe 10, 20, who knows how many it's going to be. By the way, this year alone, the CDC says up to 62,000 people have already died of the flu. That's 344 every day. This pales in significance compared to that and all the other diseases that cause death in our country. 650,000 heart disease deaths every day, 100 traffic deaths every day. Come on. There's a ton of other things causing death. The lowest thing is the coronavirus, but we're going to destroy the economy, shut everything down. Well, guess what? If you do that, when you come back to work, there's no herd immunity. And guess what? That old virus is out there lurking around. It's going to jump on you. And you're going to get sick, right. and then they're going to close it down for right. two more months. You can't do that. You cannot. We've never shut the country down since 1918. That's when we had the Spanish flu. It's never been shut down since. It destroys the end. Look, here's what the the Fed, uh, the, the president of the Fed in St. Louis said last week. He said he said that there will be 47 million lost jobs. 32% unemployment. This is James Bullard, St. Louis Fed president. Sir, that will cause right. social upheaval, and that's what the socialists want. They want to create social upheaval, beat Trump, bring in their socialist system and their government where they're in charge of everything. And it's a shame right now. It just shows you how people will give up their liberty for the illusion of safety. And that's an illusion, my friends. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it is. Uh, I think, you know, we are where we are now. And, and the question I have is, how do we get here's break out of this? You go back uh, to work. You go back. Here, here's what uh, you do, Ed. Yeah. Anybody that right. anybody with preexisting uh, 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 symptoms, elderly, debilitated, infirm, stay at home, sequester them. Everybody else go back and get to work. 
then we can build up herd immunity to this and not have to worry about it again. Yeah, I, I, I hope I hope they listen. I mean, I got to do something at this point. I, and I, I've been I've been. Have you watched the president and the White House, the press conferences? Have you had a reaction yeah, to I have, watching? I have. The- you know, you know, he wants to do he wants everybody <laughs> back at work, but he's getting led down the wrong road. And I've got a letter. I'm in the process of sending him that I'm going to get to him. And if you want to go look, there's another fellow by the name of Dr. Shiva, who's an MIT doctorate in biological engineering, an uh, immune specialist who agrees with me on this whole thing. And he's written Trump and he and I are working together. By the way, I've got a lawsuit that I filed in court today to let churches, people go back to church. They banned going to church in Harris County, if you could believe that, yeah. and uh, which is used to. Yeah. I mean, and the Christians just rolled over. They waved the white flag. Yeah. They took away our First Amendment yeah. rights. And they just roll over. I can't believe it. But I yeah. can see now. I see now how German Christians uh, uh, submitted to Hitler. They just waved the white yeah. flag. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got to run. I'm against the break. Dr. Uh, Steve Hochi, uh, as you can hear, a dynamo. Thank you. And I'll put it all up on social media. Have a wonderful Easter. We'll talk again after. Keep us. Hey, keep me in the short on a short leash on that uh, letter. I want to see that and and put that out. And we'll we'll talk again soon. God bless. Thank you, Dr. Steve Hochi. We'll we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Several state legislatures are considering resolutions to use a never-before-used power in our Constitution's Article 5 to petition Congress to call a new national convention to amend the U.S. Constitution. Most of these resolutions say they want the convention to consider only the one amendment that state is pushing. However, various state resolutions are supporting different amendments. Some specify that the one amendment to be considered must be the repeal amendment to allow states to repeal an act of Congress. Others want the one amendment to be debt limitation. Others want a balanced budget amendment. Some want to banish the Electoral College. Others want to abolish the 17th Amendment. And one proposal is for 10 amendments. You can be sure that many special interest groups will also be pushing their own agendas. You can bet that a convention will attract activists demanding union rights, gay rights, gun control, abortion rights, ERA, and D.C. statehood. Calling a convention to amend the U.S. Constitution would be a plunge into chaos because nobody can predict what the convention would actually do. Anyone who has ever attended a national political convention knows very well that the guy with the gavel exercises ruthless power. I've attended 15 Republican national conventions, plus many other national, state, and district political conventions, and I've seen every kind of high-handed tactic and rule broken with the bang of the gavel, including cutting off mics, recognizing only pre-chosen delegates, expelling duly elected delegates they don't want, cheating on credentials and rules, fixing the voting machines, and having big, strong thugs patrol the aisles to prevent delegates from getting out of their seats and conversing with other delegations. We don't want a new convention about the Constitution. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Anyone pushing for a constitutional convention doesn't have a full appreciation for the brilliance and beauty of the original document ratified back in 1788. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find all kinds of reasons why a con-con could be a disaster for the American way of life. Check out phyllisschlafly.com and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Ed Martin here to Pro America Report, and uh, hope that you are doing well. You know we're winding down this week, and we will be with you tomorrow night uh, on uh, Good Friday evening. So make sure to tune in. We've got some good programming. I did some pre-recording an interview on uh, one of the great famous Catholic exorcists in uh, in the world. His name uh, he's passed away recently. His father Gabriel Amorth, um, and we'll have an interview with uh, one of the with a. Um, a uh, a publisher of a book on him, which would be pretty great, and you'll want to hear that tomorrow. And uh, we also will talk about a little bit of, about judges tomorrow. Our friend Mike Davis will be back to give us an update on one of those judges. So we'll have a program. I hope that you're going to have a great weekend. It's going to be a strange weekend for folks. Uh, earlier, if you pay attention to my Periscope, uh, we do a Periscope right before we start the show uh, in the afternoon, and we, we do the wink, the what you need to know. And I mentioned. I actually mentioned that I got some prayer requests for pastors, people who are saying they're pastors. You know, it's a tough time. You spend your whole life. You're called to be a preacher and a pastor or lead your flock, wherever and whatever way you are. And suddenly in this time, you're no matter how it goes, you're going to have a different uh, experience, right? It's a real challenge. I, you know, earlier in the program, when we talked with John Schlafly about getting America back to work, people are not going to go back to places where they're scared of the virus. It's not going away tomorrow. So, you know, you wonder about church attendance. You wonder about attendance in large group settings. There's a lot of things that are going on. Anyway, there's a lot to pray about and be concerned about, but I hope you're getting ready for a great uh, Easter uh, holiday. It's a wonderful holiday, one a wonderful celebration of the important things. And let's uh, finish up by talking a little bit about... Um, what happened in Washington, D.C. today. I wanted to make sure that you're aware of it. Um, the The Senate met uh, and was trying to hash out whether they could, again, get some straight-up payments to people who are in need, and they, um, and they couldn't. So, you know, at a certain point, you have to say, these bums in Washington, they can't get anything done. And, um, and you know, it makes you crazy. They, they want to, uh, as I say, said earlier, they want to feather their own beds and pork barrel roll and, and move everything. It's just terrible. Uh, meanwhile, a different uh, story has come out, which is great news. The AP has a story, and this is just fantastic, uh, that the United States has, under the new border rules that they put together, they have basically said uh, to the Mexican border, at the Mexican border, is don't come in. Don't come here. We got our own problems right now, and we're going to hold the line. And so it used to be uh, that if people came and said, oh, I need, I need refugee status, I need to come. We had an elaborate system that a lot of, a lot of, let a lot of people come. And, the, and the, the Trump administration is holding the line. And, you know, I, I have to say that this is um, a mindset shift. You've heard me say that a lot, but a mindset shift that we've needed for a long time. And this crisis has helped, I think, bring along some people to be with us in terms of understanding what the mindset is. You know, we can't help our neighbor in Mexico until we figured out how our, to help our neighbor in New Mexico. You know, we can't help our neighbor in Guatemala if we haven't figured out how to help our neighbor in Denver. You see my point? I mean, there has to be a prioritizing of what we can do and when we can do it. 
And right now we're, we're battening down the hatches. You know, if you listen closely, it looks like the president and his team have said that, that, that the sort of peak uh, sort of, of death and problem is this sa- Sunday, amazingly, Easter Sunday, and that we'll hopefully start to go on the other side. Doesn't mean, by the way, that anything will disappear. We're still going to have the disease. We're still going to have the threats. We're going to still have to worry about it. But in terms of a peak that would overwhelm the system, it looks like we've had that peak. And that's really good news. That's really good news. It doesn't mean that we can move to letting our borders be open and let other people in. It doesn't mean that. Again, you, you have to take care of yourself and your family and your neighbors immediately next to you and your nation before you can help the world. That's just a rule of, of not just common sense, but of sort of managing how you function. And it's good to see the uh, president of the United States and the administration understanding that. I, I, one last comment. I got a text from one of our folks, Stan, in uh, San Diego, who listens to the program. I think this is right. I'll let me make this quick point. We're lucky and blessed that we have President Trump as president because he's able to, uh, because we, the conservatives, are willing to trust him. Doesn't make it easy. Listen to John Schlafly's uh, interview earlier and check out his column. We're, we're frustrated with some of these bureaucrats, Dr. Fauci and others. But we fundamentally trust. Imagine if it was President Hillary Clinton trying to do some of these things. I think we'd be beside ourselves. So anyway, that's a little roundup. All right, we'll be back tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Hope you have a great day. We'll talk tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back tomorrow night.